what I believe is what I put my faith in. Where I put my faith in is where my actions go. And where my actions are, that's where my trust lies. Where we have to understand is there is a complete circle in our belief system and a complete circle in how we move and how we think and how we operate and even what we believe. So if I believe the truth, which is the word of God, that I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me, then I began to actually do the things because why my faith fuels my actions. But what I have learned and what the Holy Ghost has shown me, my action also displays my trust. So if the Lord says, Jennifer, go ahead and chop down that tree and the tree seems impossible. But if I believe what the word of God says, and I believe the voice of God who has told me what to do, I believe that he has already given me every tool that I need to execute it. So then I do it. But then also my, my steps truly show me what I trust. I trust in the voice of the Lord. I trust in his instruction. I entrust in what he says, even if I don't see the plan fully, because we have to remember faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So my trust is saying that I'm going to do the things that you've called me to do, even though I may not see it, which is my faith. But what happens when we believe the lie? What is the lie? Maybe the lie is a spirit of tradition that has been passed down from generation to generation. Maybe the lie is the bounds that has been stuck on you for so long to where you don't even see it. Whereas truthfully, you have to do some deep, deep, deep digging through counseling, through prayer, through meditation, through a change, a dramatic and drastic change in your life for you to find the root. See, either I can believe the truth, which is the word of God and the spirit of God, or I can believe a lie, which is everything that is against him, his power, his love, his honesty, his compassion, his grace, his mercy, his abundance, his joy, his peace. So many things of God that God has said, this is my promise. This is what I have in store for you. This is what I want for you. So you can go after it, have all the things because truthfully, you already have access to it. But do you believe that you have access to it? It is a constant battle of us saying, God, I choose to believe you. I choose to believe that because I woke up today, it is another blessing. So therefore I will rejoice. Therefore I will be glad. Even if I'm not feeling my best, I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm not doing too good on today, but God, I'm still grateful. I'm not asking for us not to acknowledge what is happening in our lives. But what I'm asking for us to do is not to believe that this feeling is a permanent situation instead of a temporary moment. Where is the lie? Where is the lie that we have believed that has kept you in cycles? Where is the lie that you have believed that has kept you bound? Where is the lie that has kept you from having healthy relationships? Where is the lie that has kept you from living in the fullness and the joy in God, which has made you not extend that to others? Where is the lie? Let's get into it.
Welcome back to episode 14 of Conquering Me podcast. And here I am again with you, your friend, your sister, your daughter, your auntie. I don't know what titles people have for me, but I am Jennifer. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, I am grateful that you are here, here on Conquering Me podcast. We talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And God gave me the title Conquering Me is because truthfully, here's the here's the thing. This walk is a personal walk. And at the end of the day, we are always giving tools through the Bible, through Christ to conquer the battles that we have within ourselves. I am so happy that we love to help one another and we want to see each other win. But are we really taking the time to say, hey, what's going on within ourselves? So that's what we do here on this Uh, This podcast and this episode, episode 14, we are talking about where is the lie? We have believed a lot of things that are against the power and the promises of God. Now we are on a series. This is my first series within this podcast. And I'm pretty sure the Lord is going to have me to do many more. I don't know how it's going to flow, child. I'm just flowing with God. Okay. This whole thing is just flowing with God. I pray. I ask God to show me what I need to say. I study, I get into my word. And truthfully, every time the Lord shows me something, it starts within me. God has to show me myself. He has to show me what is going on within me. So even today's topic about where is the lie, I had to examine myself. Jennifer, what are the areas where you have believed something that is against the world, the will and the word of God, right? So where is the lie It's not necessarily some things that are very, very blatant in our face. It could be things and it can be. And I truly believe for a lot of us, it's stuff that has been masked in tradition, but it looks like good things, right? It looks like the church. It looks like this is what we're supposed to be doing. But when I say where is the lie, I'm talking about stuff that we have created our lives around. We have created our belief systems around. I was listening to a preacher and I cannot remember who said this, but a preacher simplified what is a stronghold. And we're going to go into the scripture reference of this. But the preacher said a stronghold is a belief system that is based on lies. And I was like, what? What do you mean? How can one believe in a lie? Hello, easy, easy. It is extremely easy to believe a lie. It is, and I'm talking about a lie that is against the word of God. This is why in, in the first part of this series, we, I, I urge the body, those of us who are listening to really get to a place where we are studying the word of God, not a place of memorizing. And there's nothing wrong with having a system to memorize scripture. But when I say study the word of God, I mean, sit down, carve out time, where you really invite the Holy Ghost in and you say, God, I need you to help me to understand what I'm reading. This word is about you, inspired by you. The people who have written this hundreds and hundreds of years ago were chosen by you to give what we need. Even with all the various translations, I choose to believe that they were still called and anointed and chosen by God, right? There are some people who only want to listen to the King James version of the Bible. Hey, 
If that's what you like, that's what you like. But there are so many versions of the Bible. I believe that the oldest version of the Bible is an Ethiopian version, which is over 800 years old. So I'm just going to believe that God's hand was upon the process. So if God was upon the process the entire time, right? I need for him to be with me as I study this because I don't want to go with just my understanding, my 2022 understanding of what a word may mean or what they may say. Because like I said in the previous podcast, when we study the word of God, we need to understand what was happening in that time for us to gain true context, right? Then we need to go a little bit further. That's why we have commentary. There's other study guides to let us know, is this a, was this poetry or was this words of wisdom? Proverbs is nothing but wisdom, not nothing in a negative thing, but really just a, it's a beautiful thing. Proverbs is one of my favorite books. It talks about wisdom. Is Solomon giving his son on what a woman is and what she should be and all the various things and how wonderful she is and the principle of wisdom, right? Then there's uh, parts of the Bible, uh, various books in the Bible that are inspired by the words of Christ. That's why in King James, and I believe in New King James and the Passion Translations and other translations, they have it in red to let you know that this is what Christ said. This is the translation of what Christ has said to the disciples or to the people. So we have to uh, get into the word of God and ask God to take us to another level. And the reason why I'm saying this is because in order for us to understand where the lie is and where we have believed something that is a lie, I need to first know the word of God, because that's going to be my, my parameters. It's going to be the, what I weigh and gauge things off of. So if you feel like there is a spirit of sadness and that you will always be sad and you will always be down and depressed, then you will pull up a scripture and says, well, my Bible says for the spirit of heaviness, I put on the garment of praise. And we've talked about praise a few times and we will continue to talk about praise. And one of the things that we do know that praise is a weapon. We see that praise was a weapon for the children of Jericho. Praise is a weapon that literally caused the changes of the atmosphere so that they could win the battle. So when I know the word of God and I know what God has called and I'm, and I'm going to stress the word of God. And I'm not just asking for us to listen to preached or taught word of God. I am asking for us as believers to actually open up our Bibles. And if it's on an app, however you read it, get into it and ask the Lord to come in. That's the way that I can determine or figure out if something is a lie that is coming in my belief system. Because I can say, wait a minute, that's not what the word says. This is not what I'm supposed to believe. So I know this ain't the truth. So if I'm saying, okay, someone says, well, you will always do be depressed. I said, oh, not me, honey, because my word says this. So I want to go into um, 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you went away. I beg you. And when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect it to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Let's say that again. I like that one. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be bold, be as bold 
where I, as expected to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world because we do not live by the standards of this world. And it's not just from our actions, but it's also by what we believe. And I, that's my little caveat. That's not what this, that's not, that's Jennifer's little caveat under there. Verse three says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On contrary, they have defined divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to God. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Where is the lie? Some of us have heard the word stronghold. Some of us have not. And I'm going to simplify what strongholds are. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. Strongholds are lie we have believed that have created a fortress against truth. Strongholds are lies we have believed that have created a fortress against the truth. This is why I say we have to know the truth because a stronghold has been built. And I'm not talking about something that has created a a little bit of disbelief. I'm talking about something that has literally shaped your life or even stopped your life. One example that I would give is in uh, chapter seven of Joshua. Go and study it at your time. But uh, Joshua seven talks about when Joshua and the children of Israel, they were fighting all these battles and they were winning, 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 winning. Right. But then they got to a battle and then they started to lose. And I said, Joshua did all these things. Child, he tore his clothes off, put ashes over his head. And, and during that time, that meant significant things. That, that was, it was a mourning, sign of mourning, because Joshua felt like they were losing. So they were mourning the battle that they were losing. They were mourning the trust of God and the, and the hand of protection of God. But Joshua, and it was so funny, if you go back and look at Joshua 7, the Lord had to check him and say, get up. This is my interpretation. This is how I say, it. get up, get off the ground. What you doing all that for? Now, I told you that I had you. I told you I had your back. I told you that you were win. But the Lord had to say something if someone is in your camp that is out of order. So when you find that something or someone, you go ahead and kill everything that's attached to it. What I love is God had to remind Joshua of his promise. We just talked about last week about the promises of God and how we have to know the promises of God. So Joshua, even though he walked with God, I'm talking about he was under Moses. He was still tempted to forget the promises of God. So what does this help us to understand? We all will be tested in our faith. We all will be tested to say, hey, do you believe or do you not believe? But the grace of God and the mercy of God is greater than any moments of doubt. Joshua, who was a warrior who set and was chosen by God and and Moses was passed on the mantle from Moses to lead the people, his children of Israel into victory and into the promised land. He himself forgot the promises of God because God already told him, I got you. Y'all, y'all going to win. But Joshua and the elders began to mourn like they lost, like God had turned their, his back on them. And God had to say, wait a minute, that's not what I said. Something is in your camp 
that is against me. So now let's take that to us. What is in your belief system that is against God? Maybe there's something that you have said in order for me to be loved or to feel love. I always have to work for it. So what happens is now you're in every relationship. You are the worker of the relationship. I don't care if it's friend, coworkers, your spouse, someone you're dating. You cannot just be free to feel love. So you're like, okay, in order for them to know that I love them and I support them, I'm going to work myself like a dog. So then I asked, then my question would be to you, where did that come from? Why is it that you cannot show up in the beautiful essence of who you are and yet deserve love? Because that's really what it is. You feel like in order for me to feel love, I have to earn the love. Well, we know in John three sixteen, the Bible says God has so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't have to work for God's love. So if I don't have to work for God's love, why well, don't have to work for man's love? And I mean man's, not in the actual gender, but in humankind. Some of us are having belief systems that are keeping us in vicious cycles and we're becoming frustrated and anxious and we're becoming so downtrodden and we're becoming sad because we don't know what is going on. Where is the lie? Maybe it was implanted in you as a child. You felt the only way to succeed was to do a thousand things. You had to go above and beyond. And people are looking at you like, why are you so exhausted all the time? Well, that's the only way for me to prove that I'm successful. Where is the lie? It was interesting. I was watching this documentary a few years ago by Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins is a a very successful inspirational speaker. And this woman got up and was talking about her relationships that she had and um, how she just broke off. Um, Well, no, Tony Robbins actually made her break off an engagement with this guy that she was with for a long time. And it was so funny because As Tony was talking to this woman and this woman was maybe mid forties, late forties or something like that. So she was a, an adult, um, not someone who was fresh out of college or fresh out of her parents' home. Like, you know, she lived a little bit. Right. And so Tony was talking to her that he discovered in there as she began to talk about her father. She said, my father took care of everything. My father, he just uh, loved me. I don't have to do nothing because of my dad and my dad and my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad, daddy's girl. And he looked at her dead in her face and said, your dad messed you up. Now he used some cuss words, but he said, your dad messed you up. And so she was like, what do you mean? He said, he taught you the only thing you're supposed to do is just sit down and everything comes to you. That's a lie. And so what happened was you could see this woman's entire world blow up. So you're telling me that's why I haven't had a successful relationship because I believe I'm only supposed to receive and not give. The Bible has plenty of scriptures about giving and receiving. So I'm just saying 
there are some things that the world, and here's the thing, a lot of women were like, oh, that's just so beautiful that your daddy treated you like a princess. That is so wonderful. All of these things. But she didn't realize that that was actually hindering her. Where is the lie within your life that is hindering you from living a fullness the fullness of God. And, and here's a way for us to really dictate and really try to figure out, God, where is this lie? I want you to sit down and examine your life and say, where do I feel like I'm repeating cycles? Where you have been in the same motion over and over and over. You have desired progression. You have desired more. You have desired for maybe just a fresh anointing, a fresh, just something. God, where is it? I want you to really sit down and examine your life and say, God, where is that? Start with the cycles. And how do you know where you're in a cycle? Let me, let me tell you when you're in a cycle. When you're either battling frustration or hopelessness. Where you say, I, I, this is just what it is. It is what it is. I have realized that I will never do better financially. Doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter how much money I make. I will always be broke. That's a lie. It doesn't matter how I eat or how I exercise. I will always be unhealthy. I will always be. That's a lie. It doesn't matter how much education I have, how much of this, I will never progress in the world. That's a lie. So when you, when there are signs of hopelessness and there are signs of no expectation in there, there is a lie. What caused Joshua to fall on his knees, I believe that not only because they lost the battle is because he lost hope. Because what he did from the tearing of the clothes and the ashes was sign of mourning. We mourn what we have lost. We mourn what will not come back. So it wasn't that, okay, we lost a, we lost a couple battles, but yet we're going to come back strong. No, 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 no. Joshua was mourning the fact that they won, which was against the promises of God. God said, look, I've told you that you will win, but I need you to go and dig to figure out where is the lie? Where is the disobedience? Where is that thing that is keeping you from living in my fullness? That's what I want you to do. That's why I need you to go. And for some of us, that is difficult to have those real life moments. We have to relive stuff. We have to face some people. We have to have conversations with ourselves, with family members, whatever, and realize, oh, my gosh. This is what's keeping me in the cycle. Like, I'm, God, I'm believing. But this there is a lie here that has that I have built a system off of that has created a fortress that has kept your truth out. God reveal the lie. Mark 7 and 13 says. Making the word of God of no effect through your traditions, which you have handed down and many such things you do. So basically what this scripture is saying, your traditions, you're teaching people to follow the traditions of man and not the word of God, which makes the word of God no effect. No effect. We know that the word of God is powerful. It is a living and breathing thing. 
But have we ever looked at our traditions? Some things that we think that, oh, it's just, this is just a part of church world. This is just a part of the faith. And we've never questioned why is it a part of the faith? Why would the teachers or the preachers teach this? Where is the scripture that backs this up? One of the hardest things that I had to do was to grow up spiritually. And I'm going to tell you what it was. I had to look at God had to reveal a lot of things that I were taught within my faith as a child that was fundamental. That was not truth. It wasn't biblical truth. My husband had a conversation with someone and the person I truly believe and I truly respect and their God and uh, their faith. And when I say I trust your God, I means I trust the spirit of God in you. So I trust in what they had to say. My husband and I both believe this person. And my husband had a great conversation with him to really show him scriptural understanding regarding salvation and regarding the Holy Spirit. And the person responded, I hear you, but the church believes that is a problem. Too many of us go by what the church says, but don't even know what the scripture says regarding church. It's baffling to be how there are denominations that debate on uh, the way to baptize. Either you baptize in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit or in the name of Jesus. There are literally denominations who say that denomination is wrong and they're not going to heaven because of that. What traditions are we believing that is keeping us from loving our brothers and sisters in Christ? What traditions are we believing that is keeping us from showing the grace and the mercy of God? Because here's the truth of it. God's grace and mercy makes us uncomfortable. Because it makes us to be understanding in situations where we truly don't understand. Sometimes we want the wrath of God to come down on people. But grace says no, show love and kindness. Or even if you do have a conversation with them that is tough or it's very, very truthful, that is steeped in the word of God, I still need you to bridle your tongue. That's scripture. I still need you to speak with love. Love thy neighbor as thyself. But how do we love our neighbor if we do not love ourselves? Because our love is built on lies. We have to get into the word of God to really, really understand the strongholds. The strongholds, we have to tear down. That is our weapon. One of the many weapons that we have in the spirit is to tear down the strongholds and to hold any thought that is against God captive. That means it is locked. And we throw it away. We cast it down to the pits of hell. And then what we do, we go ahead and we speak the truth of God where that thought used to reside. Because the Bible does say when the house is clean, the spirit, and if it remains empty, the spirit will come back with seven more. So basically is this. If you have been freed from the spirit of sadness, loneliness, right? And if you did not fill that with joy and you did not fill that with a sense of community, because at the end of the day, we do need each other because the Bible does says where two or three are gathered there. I am in the midst. So even if you're even if you only have two or other three, two or to three people in your uh, in your circle that you can connect with and pray with and that they can help you as you grow in Christ. That's all that you need. We are not an island. We are a one member. We are members of a body. 
So we are all have a purpose, but we have to work together. So what if the enemy is playing you and feel like I don't need to connect or I don't feel connected, but now you have been freed from that. You now have to take that thought that you have been free from, make sure that it remains captive, but fill it with the sense of purpose, fill it with a sense of community, fill it with a sense of I am loved, I am appreciated, I am wanted. God does want me here. The moment you are freed from something, you have to fill it with something that is the promise of God. Once again, we got to go back to knowing the promise. It is not just enough to recognize the lie. We also have to recognize the lie and kill everything that is attached to it. And then once that is gone, we have to fill it with the word of God. Remember Joshua 7. I want you to really take time to study that. Study what happened. Study how they had to dig. I believe it says they went from uh, tribe to tribe, family to family, member to member, to find out why they weren't winning anymore. And when they found that, God gave them instructions. When you find that person, you kill everything that is attached to it. And everything must go. When you find that lie, also ask the Lord to reveal what is attached to it that has to go. Be ready to do the work. Be ready to break down the strongholds in your life. I appreciate prayer time at work. I, I mean at church. I appreciate how I can go to the altar and ask someone to pray for me and all these things. But I had to learn how to pray for myself and have a conversation with God on a consistent basis. Do that. Do that. Ask God to do that. So as we close, I want us to go into a prayer. For some of us, not some of us, but all of us. All of us have some form of lies because the Bible says that we are born into sin and shaped in iniquity. So there are some things that you are battling with that was passed down to you. We just read a, a scripture about tradition. Maybe it's the way you look at marriage relationships. Maybe it's the way you look at women or men, maybe a certain race of people or a certain class of people or people who come from this area or that. So all of us have something that has been implanted in us from the moment we were born until today that is against the truth of God. So my prayer is for all of us that God, I ask that you begin to show us where the lies are, where that spirit of stronghold is that has kept us from living in your truth. Show us that stronghold that has allowed us to build a fortress to keep the truth out, God. We want to live in your truth. We want to live in your grace. We want to live in your mercy, your kindness, your fullness, your love, your abundance, your joy. We want to be the examples of you here on earth. And we want to enjoy every minute, even though we know that we will go through things. We know that this is not the last trial that we will face. But God, we know that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. And that's what the word says in Romans 8, that the suffering of this world, uh, this present time is not worthy to be compared. So for even some of us who are going through some very traumatic stuff right now, God, it is not even worthy to be compared to what is to come. Reveal the lies so that we can be the conquerors people that you have called us to 
be. And God, this second prayer is for those who do not know Christ. You do not know who he is. I invite you to give your life over to him. Some of us have been told that you need to get yourself together before coming to God. That is a lie. God fixes us up. He changes us. And he loves us. One of my favorite scriptures says, through loving kindness have I drawn thee. That is Christ. Through loving kindness have I drawn thee. It is his love and his kindness that is always pulling on us to get closer and closer to him and restore us and put us in the rightful place with our heavenly perfect father. If you are not saved, you want to be saved. I want you to say this, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and I believe that you rose for me. Forgive me of my sins. Let me live the life that you have called me to live. And I will do so to glorify you and honor you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have prayed that prayer, you are saved. We are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. And you can do this. We can do this as a body. We can do this. We can recognize the lies that we have been believing and built our systems off of. And they can be torn down through the power and the love of God and held captive in the name of Jesus. I love you all. I pray that you all have a wonderful week and I pray that you have received something. And I will speak to you next Friday as we complete the series on the promises of God.